welcome to episode 13 of Pastoring in a Pandemic. I'm your host, Nathan Longfield. Today is Thursday, May 14th, and we'll hear from Justin Mikowski, Director of Worship and Family Ministry at Dearborn Christian Fellowship in Dearborn, Michigan, to discuss what he has been doing to pastor during COVID. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Pastor and Pandemic. It's Pastor, the letter N, Pandemic. You can follow me at Nathan Longfield. Listen to the podcast on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to download, rate, and review the podcast. We'll be back after a quick break to hear from Justin about how he is pastoring in a pandemic. We're now joined by Jessica Mankowski, Director of Worship and Family Ministry at Dearborn Christian Fellowship in Dearborn, Michigan. Justin, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So to start, can you just give us a little more about your context, what your job and role is, how long you've been there, what the staff looks like, all that sure. good stuff? Um, so I'm the director of family ministry and worship. And so as far as leading worship, I'm in charge of organizing the team of musicians that leads music. Um, I help organize prayers and stuff that go throughout the service, scripture readings, things like that. Um, we have a, a church of about 250 people. Um, so thankfully, we have a very large pool of musicians, and it's just a joy to work with all those people. As far as family ministry, I kind of oversee all of the uh, ministry and teaching that happens for kids from nursery to 18. Um, most practically, I work directly with the high school students, and so I spend the majority of my time um, leading the high school youth group, um, doing a regular Wednesday night um, youth group. We do retreats and stuff throughout the year. Um, and then I also kind of bring, bring in some big picture um, leadership for all the other programs and ministries that we have. Um, so there, there's a lot that's uh, involved with that, but especially during this time, it's been cool to see um, the ways that I've been able to tap more into interacting with families of all ages and uh, play into that role of ministry. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's you, a senior pastor and it's me, a senior pastor. There's a pastor of discipleship and outreach, and then, um, two part-time, um, administrative assistants, um, who are both very involved with kind of the inner workings of the church. Um, and our, our senior pastor actually just started in November. Um, that's been a whole nother deal for another conversation for another time. Um, but that's been really great. Um, his name is Brad. He was actually my former youth pastor, mm. uh, so really close relationship. Um, so that, that's been great. I, I just feel bad for him uh, that just started out his first year of ministry. Uh, he's had a lot to deal with. So yeah, for sure. So what has that looked like working with the staff um, to organize worship during this time to get musicians lined up? Is that Right. Are you still playing music or is it like recorded things? And yeah, what does that look like? Very early on, um, we still had a number of musicians who would come in and we would just record what we would normally do for a Sunday morning. Um, and so that was drums, bass, electric, piano, a, a handful of singers. Um, and then as restrictions kind of increased, um, we wanted to limit, obviously, as much as possible. Um, Thankfully, uh, so Brad's son is a drummer and his wife uh, plays keys and my wife sings. And so we basically said we want to keep things just to staff. So anybody who kind of has to interact with some of the other 
essential stuff at things as it is. Um, we'll keep recording for Sunday basically to that. Um, so we have a drummer, a key player, uh, a singer, and then I, I play guitar and sing. Um, so thankfully with that, I mean, a lot of great arrangements you can do for a small uh, group like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've run things pretty similar to what we run them on Sunday. Uh, just the style's a little different. Um, and we still meet in the sanctuary and record and then record the sermon and, um, and, and prayers and readings and stuff like that. So is that then just all pre-recorded and then just drops Saturday night, Sunday morning for people to watch? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, there's a lot of discussion, obviously, about pros and cons of live streaming, trying to record one whole chunk. Um, mm-hmm. What we've been doing is record the music as kind of a chunk and then record the sermon as a chunk um, and the congregational prayer and a couple other elements. And then we piece it together afterward. Um, and then put that out. We, we try to put it out on Sunday at 9.30, 10, right around when we would usually be gathering. Okay. Uh, we've been trying to encourage people to, to watch and gather um, remotely at the same time um, during that same 10.30 time slot. But uh, obviously, as, as I've learned very quickly uh, with kids and with uh, so many other just things that have changed because of this pandemic, uh, I know for a lot of families, it, it can happen Sunday, it can happen later in the week. Um, but our goal is we really want to have people engaged in the body um, and realize that they're worshiping uh, with the church as a whole, not just watching a service. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, without that Sunday physical checkpoint with people um, and without, you know, Wednesday nights, at least in person, what has it been like for you to connect with students, connect with the congregation, to still do that care and relationship when we can't interact physically? Yeah. Um, parts of that have been extremely difficult, obviously. Uh, that goes without saying. Um, as far as interacting with students, I think that's been the trickiest part um, because so many of my students are just burned out from Zoom and other online video chat stuff. Um, so we do a Wednesday night hangout. We get together and we have been working through a video series. So we play some games, we uh, watch through the video, and then we do discussion. And and that's good overall, um, but you can just tell, like, it's a Wednesday night. They've had a bunch of Zoom calls all throughout the day, and, and kids are kind of just sick of it. And, mm-hmm. like, they, they want to gather. They, like, they're excited to see their friends, but at the same time, you can just tell it's not the same, and they're just kind of, they're tired. Yeah. Um, and so uh, there have been a number of students who who haven't participated for that very reason. Uh, and one of my students is like, I have so much screen time and I'm doing everything I can to reduce screen time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the big things Ellie and I have been doing is trying to brainstorm how can we interact with these students and connect with them uh, without more screen time um, so that it's not just more of the same. And that's obviously been a challenge. Um, she had the awesome idea of, of dropping off care patch packages for each of the kids. Mm-hmm. So last weekend and, and continuing through this week, we've made a point of driving around and dropping off a, a plastic bag of, of goodies for each of the kids, which was really great. And yeah. it was a great opportunity to connect and touch base. Um, we also have a, a daily devotional that I've been writing and posting to Band, which is uh, another social media platform. Um, and so students have been able to read that and engage in that and share what they're reading and learning. Um, so that's been really good. Yeah. uh, If not difficult. 
have you been able to sort of do <clears throat> kind of the one-on-one -on -one connection that might happen over coffee, over phone and video chat or text as, I mean, as best you can with all the headaches of video chat still? Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually just starting that. Um, there's uh, two students who I've been kind of interacting with and doing some mentoring with. Um, and I, again, I was really hoping like, oh, well, this will be done in a couple weeks and we can start doing that again soon. So realizing that this has continued on longer than anticipated and, and will even be longer in a number of regards, um, mm -hmm. we just started talking about setting up a, a video chat um, to, to try to meet regularly and, and work through some stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, the other thing that I've been doing is um, making sure that our leaders are um, interacting with students in some capacity and just checking in how they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of broken up the group and, and made sure that, that at least um, here and there we have leaders checking in with students so that students don't just kind of get lost or forgotten about during this time. Yeah. I'm curious, is there a a current of Wednesday night equivalent for the congregation as a whole, sort of a coffee hour video chat thing? or Yeah, so during the year, like before all this, we would uh, do something called All In. And so on Wednesday, um, all ages would meet together. So we'd do a, a meal, and then we'd have ministries from zero to adults. And okay. so um, obviously a lot of the younger programs haven't been able to do individual breakout things like that. Um, but we have been doing a Tuesday night prayer time. And so there's a group that, that meets and um, the uh, pastor of um, discipleship and outreach leads that and, and walks through some prayers. And then they like the cool thing with Zoom is you can do those breakout groups. So then they break small groups to pray with each other. Um, and that's been good. That's been uh, I haven't been able to attend that because I have other Tuesday night things that I'm working on. Um, but that's from what I've heard, has been a, a really good opportunity. Mm. The other really cool thing that's come out of this is um, our pastor is really seeing how essential it is that the elder's role is more shepherding. Mm. Uh, in a lot of Reformed churches, especially, I feel like the elder's role is kind of administration. Um, and it's been really cool to see Brad leading that and say, let's look at what Scripture says about how this role should function. Yeah. Um, and our elders have been making care calls uh every couple of weeks with a, a group of people in our church. Um, and so they've done a really amazing job of checking in with people. Um, and it's been really cool to see uh, how Brad has, has equipped um, and has led um, some of our late leaders to do a better job of um, really engaging that ministry. So that it's mm -hmm. not just doing ministry, but, but having the church be doing ministry um, yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's really important. Um, uh, what has this impacted for sort of other mission work, outreach, or inner intercongregational um, ministries that can't happen, have to be modified? Um, what has that looked like? Yeah. Well, there are a number of ministries that we've um, engaged with with schools. Uh, we have uh, an outreach that was working on supplying needs to different families and schools, and um, obviously there are plenty of needs now, but we don't have those connections because schools aren't running and, and we don't have as much communication. So that's been difficult. Um, one of the big things when the stimulus checks were going out, uh, um, uh, Brad, our senior pastor, um, started an initiative with the deacons to, uh, have people donate funds to that. So if there are people who were in need, um, 
would be able to access that. Um, and that's that's been going well so far. Um, I, there haven't been a lot of requests from that yet. Um, I think that we're still kind of in that weird phase of how long is this going to be? How long can I kind of survive on my own? Um, so I, I think in the next few weeks and months, it'll be really telling um, of the ways that the church can come around uh, and, and support its members. And I, I think that we, we've done a good job of preparing for that. Um, but it's definitely been interesting to see how we do that right now because mm. there hasn't as much interaction and I think sharing of, okay, this is what I really need and this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I, I probably should ask this earlier, but the what has the COVID impact been? Because you're pretty close to Detroit out there, right? So has it been pretty quick, severe? What has that kind of looked like? Yeah, um, well, it's weird. Because um, obviously, as far as restrictions, it's been pretty big. Yeah. But as far as like cases, it's not something I've seen a ton of. Um, a few of our our friends are nurses, and in some areas, I've I've heard that oh yeah, it's really intense. In other areas, like it seemed intense at first, and then it's it's kind of um, simmered down a little bit. And so uh, I think it kind of depends on what hospitals people are at, hmm. as far as um, how how crazy things have been. Um, as far as our specific area, um, a number of our, our people work at Ford. Um, there are a number of other people who, who do other um, jobs. And, and so I, I haven't heard a ton as far as a lot of people are out of work or hardly anybody. I think, I think it's kind of a, a mix. Um, there is a, a healthy diversity in that as far as um, – different sectors, white collar, blue collar. Um, and so I think that the people who have been affected have at least been able to feel supported by those who still are able to work. Um, so yeah, it's just tricky. Yeah. Um, are there other things other than sort of the monetary, um, ministry that have been added or experiments that have been done or maybe things that has this continues to drag your thinking, Oh, we should experiment with this idea. Um, that either the church or you specifically with youth have been thinking about? Sure. Yeah, I think as far as checking in um, with people to care calls has been one of the the hugest uh, uh, impacts of that as we've been able to have our elders kind of keep tabs on where people are at and just make sure that if there are needs, we're aware of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's something that the church as a whole has often struggled with is, is being aware of needs because either people are bashful about sharing those needs or um, because people are just blind to them. Um, so I think that that's been good and that's allowed for a lot of opportunities for prayer and, and ministry in that respect. Um, I've been sending out emails um, every other week, every week to parents kind of encouraging them and, and saying, hey, this is what it looks like to do ministry at home, um, which has actually been a great opportunity because like we really have the mentality of raising kids in the faith is a partnership between parents and the church. It's mm-hmm. not just our right, church. You go do that. We'll pick them up later. Yeah. Uh, so this has been a great opportunity for me to engage parents and more, more and say, here's some resources. Here's some things to try. Um, and through that, it's been good to get a little feedback here and there from parents saying, yeah, I've been struggling, like, this is exhausting, or other parents saying, like, oh, we've been doing that already, and that's really great to hear that that's a good thing to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that's been another another good thing. Um, as far as uh, doing more with the students, I 
we're still working on brainstorming uh, and and what that will look like. I think at some point I'm going to try to move to doing more one-on-one and encouraging our leaders to do more one-on-one um, just because even when you meet and you've got 15 people on a Zoom call, like it's just chaotic <laughs> and it's hard to have good discussion and good community in that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm curious if there are things that you've learned or maybe been reminded of about your congregation, your students that you've seen particularly as they've adjusted or just tried to survive during all of this? Yeah, I think um, something that's just amazing about our congregation is it is a very encouraging congregation. Um, And the previous pastor and our, our current pastor have done a good job of fostering an attitude of of mission for Christ and because of that joy in what's happening. Mm-hmm. And even when there are disagreements about how things happen, people in our church are very encouraging. Um, so in the whole struggle of, of recording and putting services together, like obviously it's not as good um, as meeting in person. And there would be so many things to nitpick and so many things to be frustrated about. And yet we just constantly hear encouragement from our congregation saying, mm-hmm. so great that this has helped us connect better. We really appreciate these things you're doing. Um, and, and being staff, like, that's just the best um, because ministry is exhausting. And when your um, congregation is responding and, and encouraging you in that, um, it, it really helps um, be reminded of, of the why of the people for, for the work and, and what you're doing. Um, with students, uh, it's been a good uh, reminder of just how much each of them have to offer. Mm. Uh, so in doing those daily devotionals, um, just uh, two weeks ago, I did a week where I had all a, a number of students write all of those, um, and that was just great. And getting to hear from some of the students some of the things they're thinking through and wrestling with, um, that was really cool to see. Um, so it's actually been really good thinking through next year um, as far as what I want my student leadership team to, to be and, and how I want to continue to equip students. Um, so there's been a lot of like planning for the future, looking at how people have reacted now um, in good in good ways. Hmm. Yeah. So you noted in there that ministry is or can be exhausting. So I'm curious, what's it looked like for you as someone caring for people to care for yourself within a time when it's really easy to be exhausted apart from everything else? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, uh, right now, it's been a lot of eating out. <laughs> <laughs> I budget wise have usually try to eat out once a once a week. Um, one just as as something fun to do, and and two because like I feel like supporting restaurants is is such a crucial thing. Um, and thankfully, we're still getting paid during this time, and so with the the stimulus check, we've kind of um, chunked it out as far as like um, money that we're going to intentionally spend spend on local businesses. So we've kind of been using that as an excuse to to go out to mm. eat or. or and um, more often money we want to use to, to bless other people and money we, we want to use to save or prepare for other, other things. Um, so we've been doing a lot a lot more of that, and that's just been fun. Um, and uh, we, we just discovered a pizza place nearby. And so some little things like that are, are enjoyable, um, and, and we, really, we really love food. Um, and so then another piece of that has just been really working on communication with Caring for Mia, uh, who's our daughter, um, and, uh, just figuring out that balance together and having time where one of us can say, oh, go 
go drive somewhere, um, pick up groceries. Like I know that doesn't sound like an, a super exciting and relaxing thing, but uh, when you're cooped up with a one-year-old, like driving to go get groceries is it's amazing. <laughs> and so, I think just taking turns to give the other person a break out of the house mm-hmm. uh, and do that. Um, when the weather's been nice, we've been going for bike rides, um, and Mia just loves being outside. So basically anytime we're outside as a family, it's been really good and, and, um, uh, recharging and, and restful. Mm, yeah, that's great. I'm curious out of that, what advice might you offer to pastors, youth ministers, even congregation members and students about taking care of themselves in this time, trying to stay healthy, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. So, uh, Throughout the year, this is something I often bring up: is the importance of crop rotation. And when you're uh, when you're when you're uh, building crops or whatever, and a certain crop will drain the field in a certain way, and, and so the farmers will rotate what crops get planted on what soil, um, because I think different things drain you differently. And I think it's really important to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. And and different people get recharged differently, and especially with couples like it's really important to talk through what that looks like because sometimes the things that um, are are energizing to me can be draining. Like I love playing games and and board games and stuff. And, and she is willing to do that. Um, (laughs) And she's even just willing to let me play video games. But sometimes like even that is, is not fun and, and energizing for her. So, so figuring out good ways to rotate to whether it's the work that you're doing at home, giving yourself a break here and there, doing something outside, doing something that's um, online, doing something that's uh, screen time based, figuring out a good balance of of different things and really understanding the things that drain you in different ways Mm -hmm. um, and finding the things that are kind of good complements to that. Um, Another piece that's been small is is we've been making a lot of breakfast more. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, we've been making pancakes like three or four times a week. Uh, we, uh, and, and so just, just that act of, of making pancakes and coffee like that has been energizing of like, okay, we're getting ready for the day. Um, and for some people I've heard like just that making sure I take a shower every day has been a helpful piece. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are different pieces in that routine that you really got to be aware of, of this is going to help me. Um, this is how it helps me. These are the things that helps combat and one, realize that that's not the same for everybody. And two, realize that there are different things that will uh, recharge you in different ways and just kind of think through what those are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so finally, where can people go if they want to learn more about the church, connect with you, all that good stuff? Yep. So a lot of that's uh, up on our website, uh, DearbornCF.com. Um, so we post our services uh, there and then on YouTube every Sunday morning at 1030. Um, along with that, there's like a page to all the other extra resources outside of that. So um, at the end of the service, there's kids resources available. So there's a Bible story that parents can lead their kids through. There's kind of a guided prayer time, children's bulletin. Um, and then there are a number of like connecting resources there. So if you want a care call from a pastor or elder, if uh, you're in the area or somewhere else and you want to connect with the church, there's like a connection card where you can kind of um, share a little bit about yourself and, and someone will kind of reach and connect um, with you. So most of those resources are on our website. Uh, obviously, you can't can't come to the building in person yet. 
Um, and then we're, we're doing our best to kind of set up for as we do start to re-engage, how do we kind of be intentional with those contacts that we've made over these weeks? Mm. Yeah. Great. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Nathan. It's been great. Thanks. That will do it for today. Thanks for listening. Justin provided some places to learn more about the church and to contact him. To keep an eye on everything with pastoring in a pandemic, you can follow us on Twitter, and you can follow me at Nathan Longfield. Be sure to download, rate, and review the podcast. You can listen on our website and anywhere you get your podcasts. Please join us again next time as we talk to Father Kyle of St. Francis in Holland, Michigan, to see how he is pastoring in a pandemic. Grace and peace.